Dear Shanghai fans, Shanghai trash, real Shanzai goods and fake lie wise, dear all who have come to know Shanghai well enough to fall in hate and love and in between, and many shades of hateful love and loving hate, many times over, with a city of river pigs and positive pollution, dear newbies who gather to binge on Yong Kong Road, dear old hands who know every young road trend seller, every 24-7 noodle hole in the wall, and where you could find a piece of bread and butter 10 years ago, welcome. To our first episode ever of Shanghai Comedy Corner podcast, the first podcast of its own with real people, potential stars, questionable quotations and stories, ridiculous, silly, and zany outrageousness, and basically all things Shanghai-esque. I am Julien, also known as Jules, Julien, JB, the French dude, Mr. Bean, or else teacher, comedian, musician, professional maker of faces, and of all things useless in no particular order. Talking to you from the awesome 72 Collective Recording Studio out here in Southern Xiuhe District, bringing fun and people of note to you via Shanghai Comedy Corner. Each week, with the help of one or two guests, we'll be looking at what makes Shanghai vibrate, what happens in your crazy Shanghai life, and we'll also have a closer look at the cultural scene of our dear beloved polluted Gaojia crisscross city. It's random, it's fun, and it's as unexpected as a Shanghai taxi ride. You can follow us and comment on the show on Twitter at SH Comedy Corner and go to our website www.shanghaicomedycorner.com or send us an email at shanghaicomedycorner at gmail.com. Today, for our first podcast, I'm proud to introduce Kurt Mabry, founder of Smack Improv Comedy. Hello. Oh. Hi, Kurt. Um, well, first, we'll uh, review this week's news in Shanghai. There was news? Yeah, there was a lot of news, actually. Okay. Very so. interesting news. And the first news is happy flu year. Yeah. Uh, so what? There was already a case of H seven N nine, or it's going to get worse. Uh, what? So, so there was one local case, right, in Shanghai. Exactly. Uh, someone died actually, and it was reported on January first. Are you? But you noticed that all of. Okay, it's a horrible thing. Yes. That's that's obviously going to preface something horrible that I'm about to say, but you realize that all these victims. Are very old people. This was an eighty-six-year-old person. Yes, uh, but the, the H seven N nine does not frighten me nearly as much as the new strain of bird flu, H ten N eight. Yeah, you just mentioned that. Yeah, it's just... already killed one person in Beijing, supposedly. Also seventy-six or seventy-seven. Well, you know, Beijing's always trying to compete with Shanghai, so they have to have their dead people too. Where where are we now with the pollution thing? I mean, how are we still neck and neck with that? Nothing has gone down these last few days, but uh, I'm not sure. I'm not following anymore. The, the, the flu thing worries me, okay, because I travel in and out of China and around China a lot, you know, in uh, the, the immigration points back during the bird flu scare, the H7N9 scare a few years ago. Yes. Uh, they had the the, temp- the thermometer checkpoint set up. Mm. And I actually was detained because it was in summer, and I'm usually hotter than normal anyway. And they detained me for about five minutes, then check my temperature and I was okay. I'm sitting there wiping down with, uh, with a, with a moist towelette, you know, and, uh, I just don't want to have to go through that again. Now, I remember coming to China in 2003, just hey, after the SARS, SARS exactly. SARS. And I, I came to visit a friend in Beijing and I had a horrible, terrible toothache that gave me fever. And uh, I had to take lots of medicine to just go through the immigration system. It was just terrible. Well, there was. I remember that when I was traveling at that time, there was uh, 
there was a website I looked at that told you some tips on how to get through there. And one of the things they said was carry some moist towelettes, you know, mm. and on the airplane, you know, try to keep them cool or get the get a cold before because you, you get off the plane, you can stop in the restroom before you go through immigration, right? That's true. Wash yourself with really cold water, drink really cold water, and put like hongbao in all your pockets. <laughs> and you get through immigration, no problem. Yeah, they see you coming there. And in other news, uh, there are new vi visa rules. Shanghai Expat will be able to renew their residence permits online. Yeah, I don't what see that. I don't see that working out. I don't. Mm, sorry. Me neither. Well, I, I mean, it's, it's, have you have you ever tried the Bank of China online thing in English? Doesn't work. You don't have the little. You don't have the little token, the little electronic USB thing. That's the thing that cracks me up. I don't know where mine are. No. They give you this little electronic USB thing that generates a code. You plug it into your USB thing, and you can't do an online transaction without it. Oh wow! I don't, I don't, I don't know how that works. I, I, I still write checks. But yeah, um, supposedly you should you should be able to like. Re it's not registering online. You go to the uh, what is it? You go to the you well, go to the airport with all your. Well, no, wait, I'm looking at the wrong thing. I'm looking at overstays. Sorry. Well, uh, there were, actually... There were 485 overstays last year. Exactly. Well, uh, apparently you have to take all the paper to the place, and it will cut time, cut the waiting time to about an hour instead of waiting like for half a day. But it still takes one week for them to approve your visa anyway. So I don't really know where the online service comes in handy at this point. Um, it, it just boggles my mind that will it be, you know, behind the great firewall of China or do we have to use a VPN for it? That's my question. Okay. Right now, if it says already, you must leave your passport at the exit entry bureau for seven days, right? Mm. Even though you've had it approved online. But now the amended procedure is like, if you've had it approved online, maybe you get put into a special line and you go get it stamped quickly. It still takes... It takes a week for the online approval, but oh, you're holding your passport during that time. So you're traveling. Oh, and you can travel. I love how it says if you don't have your passports, you're you're unable to, what is it? You're unable to travel. Uh, well, check in hotels. Check in hotels. The thing in the news store mentions you're unable to travel, check in hotels, or open bank accounts. And goodness knows, I open two to three bank accounts a week. Oh, yeah. Sure. I've yeah. Got, you know, because there's so many different banks. But... The thing is, you're supposed to go online, and after the seven-day period, I guess you get some notification that it's been approved. Then you go to Pudong, and they, it takes about an hour to get the sticker put on there, and you're done. So the the passport never really leaves your possession except in the exit entry bureau for about oh, an hour. I see. I wonder how many things you you will be able to do online in, in a few years in China. I just wonder. Well, you need so much already because of it's it's not the net, it's not the internet. It's it's the quite it's the, mm -hmm. the cheap courier service. You know, I don't know about France, but in the U.S., we've got like UPS and DHL and FedEx. Those are expensive and always take a few days, but QuiD here is so cheap. All you need is a motorcycle, right? And so that's what's made online buying so successful. Um, my wife was telling me that she was reading a story that there's a real fear that Carrefour and Walmart are in danger in China because people are buying all of their groceries and their consumables from Dian oh. and having it delivered to their house. It's true. I, we use we use online delivery all the time oh, too. You know the the foreigner supermarkets do online delivery. Yeah. Uh, goodness knows none of us foreigners could live without things like Sherpas and Meal Bay. Yeah. Right. So what else is there? And I, I knew someone who would order their food from the restaurant across the street through Sherpas. That was that bad. Foreigners can be that bad. 
Really? Yeah, from across the street. Just because it was cold outside, all rainy. <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, let's move on to another uh, piece of news that's quite disturbing. It's not in Shanghai, but may come to Shanghai one day. It happens in Shenzhen, and they have actually new peeing rules. Yeah. Apparently, they're saying they're selling pee straight funnels to help you comply with the new peeing regulations in Shenzhen. Because apparently, if you're not peeing straight into the urinals, well, someone can come, check somehow that you're not doing it, and fine you. <laughs> <laughs> so they've seen people selling these funnels, pee straight funnels. Yeah, yeah I've seen them. They look like toilet plungers in bright colors. Yes. You know, they've got this big plunger-sized cup on one end and then a little hose. Aim is still an issue because the hose is flexible. You still must aim. So the, the thing that I can't, can't find, the thing that the subtext of this article is you need the P-straight funnel because the funnel with which God blessed you or cursed you is too small to grasp and aim appropriately. I'm not saying anything about any specific size of an organ of any specific nationality no, or ethnicity. No, you're, you're not. But what, I'm just saying how innovative it is that they've developed this product. It's very innovative, but I'm wondering if you look at the act, if you look at the article and see the picture, they actually demonstrate it uh, through a picture on the on the website. And I'm wondering if you're going to see people carrying these things around and how... How healthy. You've got to carry it. That's yeah, you the gotta thing. You've got to carry it around. I mean, it's not like they're going to hand it to you when you're there, like reusable piece straight Well, they're funnels. selling them. They're selling them outside these public toilets for 10 RMB each, which I, mean, I guess the gamble is I could spend 10 RMB or risk being fined 100 RMB if I pee all over the floor. But then you got to think, okay, now i got to carry... This pea-stained <laughs> plastic hose Stinky. and bright and bright neon-colored yes. uh, cup that is the size of a of a C-cup breast that doesn't go in my... I don't want to put that in my bag. That's covered in pea, so i got to carry it with me like some sort of sick, weird, <laughs> fat Albert trombone that I bought at Toys R Us. And i got to carry that with me. And then people on the metro are going to be like, yeah. oh, God, he's got a pea funnel. The, the other thing I'm wondering is how are they going to check that you're peeing straight? Is there going to be someone there, like just you know, pay to to oversee the the straightness of of your peeing abilities? I don't know. I mean, it sounds all far fetched to me. Have you have you heard of Robert A. Heinlein, the uh, the uh, the author, no. science fiction author? He said uh, you can you can tell a lot about a society. You can judge a society by the cleanliness of their public bathrooms. Mm -hmm. So it leads me to ask you, Julian, what are the public bathrooms like in France? I never go to public bathrooms in France. That's how bad they are. Well, in America, we have something called truck stops. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. This, this story comes from Shenzhen, yes. right? And have you heard about the new Shenzhen airport? Mm, yes. They say it looks like a giant Apple store inside. Yeah, it's beautiful. Beautiful? <laughs> yeah, if you like champagne-colored iPhones, I learned a new Chinese word, tu hao jian. Tu hao jian, what does that mean? Uh, I, I'm not sure of the direct translation, but it has to do with, you know, kind of like nouveau riche. Oh, conspicuous yes. consumption, yes, that sort yes, of thing. Yes. It's an it's a it's a negative term, mm. right? But uh, somebody told me that the new Shenzhen Airport looks very Tuhao Jian, and I'm like, looks like where I'd go to buy an iPad Mini. Yeah. So, mm. but that's Shenzhen. Being from Mississippi in the USA, we're always very happy that we have Alabama. 
<laughs> because we can say, well, at least we're not Alabama. I think that may be what's going to happen. Um, we can say, well, at least it's not Shenzhen. At least it's not Shenzhen. We can pee on the side. And we do. And we do. In other news, uh, have you heard about Mike Tyson? Mike Tyson has a Weibo account, if you can yeah, believe I'm it. I'm going to come to China. I'm a, I, 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 I hear you got guys like Jet Li and you got the Jackie Chan and the, and the Bruce Lee. And I can beat your best fighter. Well, yeah, he's asked people what could be a worthy opponent. And they've come up with a worthy opponent. Yeah, they, don't, they didn't talk about Donnie Yen. They didn't well, talk about Jackie he talked Chan. To, somebody talked about a little bit about Donnie Yen. Somebody yeah. suggested that. And somebody even suggested the old ladies who argue in the street. Oh, yes, the Damo, yes. <laughs> I don't know. Who is this guy? Chung Guan. I, I, is he a good fighter? I can, I can beat Chung Guan. I don't, I don't know, you know Chung Guan, but you, you tell him if he got a problem, I can I take care of him. I'm, I was very, very, very happy to see that some uh, Chinese netizens had the tongue-in-cheek humor to come up with that. Without suggestion, well, they're, they're teasing him. Yes, of course. And that's the thing to do with Mike Tyson. I'd like to go ahead and clarify, Mike Tyson, if you're listening, I love you very much. Please don't kill me. Yes, don't don't eat my earlobes, please. I, I enjoyed uh, Hangover too. Thank you. <laughs> All right, so uh, we will be very happy if Mike Tyson ever shows up in in Shanghai. And, and well, it's it seems to be a common thing, though. You know, a lot of celebrities are are are, are performers. Mm-hmm. Comedians, they they want to break into the Asian market. They understand that more and more Chinese are speaking uh, English, and that it's a mar- that China has what what now one point four billion people, right? Of whom a percentage that whatever percentage list speaks English or would seek out English entertainment is much greater than a market share they could expect in like the U.S. or England. So that's why so many are coming over here. Uh, Somebody else told me, though, about Shanghai, that this is the place where rock bands go to die. Yes. This I is heard. where rock bands go for their their performances after they about to, about to break up or something. Mm. I heard about that, too. I heard there's a fierce competition. Anyway. So I'm really hoping Justin Bieber comes here. Yes. <laughs> God, I'd like for him to break but up. But he has, hasn't he? Oh, he God. Has. He has. He'll, he'll go the way of Vanilla Ice. Mm. I'd like to say to Vanilla Ice, I know that you're jacked up on steroids. Please don't kill me. I loved you very much in that Adam Sandler movie. So it's going to be that sort of thing. You know, people come here to to for their fading careers. God knows I did. <laughs> well, we'll talk more about that later. Okay. <laughs> but um, what about carpooling? Would you see yourself carpooling in Shanghai? Because apparently it's being uh, studied at the moment and it may well get a green light. Because at the moment, it's very illegal. Even if you ever call uh, taking money from people to carpool, you can get well, Taking money from people to carpool, why would you take money from them? Carpooling is share. Well, okay. Well, it's a sharing of resources, meaning you're helping pay for the gas. Exactly. I mean, that's that. If you're seeing, if you're seen doing that, you can get to. Uh, okay, now I understand trouble. because I was wondering when I read this why carpooling was illegal, but now I understand because you know there's a lot of black taxis. Yes. People stepping, so it, it's similar to that. So they said they have to, before they can really deal with this, they've got to put uh, like a carpooling website or something. Website or committee or. Yes, they have oh, to. Oh, here it is. Before Shanghai officially launches the scheme, it is essential to build a third party or official platform to supervise and manage carpooling. We can't have it without bureaucracy. Yeah. Well, I'm sure they'll come up with an app eventually. But is it carpooling when you see these people on their scooters with three to five people yes, on one scooter? Yes, they're already doing it. You know? Have you seen that? I've seen five people on a scooter. I've seen one guy 
and two bathtubs on each side of the, I mean, full like bathtubs on each side of the scooter. My first week in Shanghai, I saw this guy on a scooter and he was light while driving, not very fast. He was lighting his cigarette with his phone to his ear. He had that swept back J. Cho haircut, you know, <laughs> driving, lighting his cigarette with his phone to his ear while his girlfriend sat behind him side saddle because of her micro mini skirt, applying lipstick and talking on her iPhone. Oh, wow. And I thought, I love you, Shanghai. Yes. <laughs> we definitely see a, a lot of strange things on the streets. Uh, but what we see also in the subway is people eating and drinking. And apparently, I just read in the news that 70% of people polled are in favor of a complete ban on drinking and eating in the subway and for fines to be levied even. Uh, so it's like, I've seen people argue a lot about eating and drinking in Subway. It, am I wrong that back during the time of the Expo, there was already a lot of advertisements just telling people it's not good to eat and drink on the Subway? It was already something that had been... Oh, yes. It, it suggested that But it's now not, they're going to try to enforce it. Well, apparently people Kind of like they enforce putting things through the x-ray machine. Exactly. That's the most... Got to be the worst, most debilitating job. Just standing there next to the x-ray machine with your arm out. Yes. And nobody's respecting that. Nobody at all. Extending the arm. Yeah. I think it's a good workout if you change sides now and then. I like it when you've got got these... Every once in a while, I'll encounter one of these dudes that's young and eager and he's got on his suit. Yes. And he'll grab me and I'll just pull him along with me. (laughs) Yeah, it must be the the, the worst job ever at the the moment because they can't force you to do anything. Unless there's a police... Uh, there's a cop there. I've I've seen stations with cops, and they they do enforce it. I mean, I put it through the X-ray machine without even asking if I'm going uh, if my exit's at the airport, mm. right? If I'm getting boarding oh, or exiting yes, at the airport yes. or the train station, because I can kind of dig that. Mm. But if I'm getting on at uh, Jiao Tong University and getting off at 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 Hongmei Lu, what? I mean, am I going to hijack this train and take it to Jiajiang? I don't know. I don't know. Oh, it'd be nice though. Nice ride to Judge Young. That'd be cool. Well, I the last time I checked is I I guess you know I'm I'm a good natured guy. I, I want to help them out. I don't I, I don't want to make make them feel like a fool. But the guy who was supposed to check on the screen was sending a text message on his iPhone. No, no instead of looking at the screen and, and the X-ray. So what can I do? You know, they're not even looking. When I went through this morning, this morning there was the person standing there waving his arm. There was nobody at the X-ray machine. Nobody. Nobody was at the x-ray machine. The person was still there waving his arm. Yeah. But it's kind of a, a good show, though, because I remember when I went, there was not many people at the Hangshan station, and I went, and I had a big bag, so I just you know put it through. And people, passengers who were going down the stair staircase were actually watching the screen because they just wanted to know what was in my bag. It was a good show, actually. I tried to guess what was in my bag. Guess what's in Julian's bag every Friday at 3.90. Yeah. <laughs> okay. In uh, other news, um, well, ah, that's Shanghai as a special insert supplement this month. Do you know what it's about? It's about getting fit. Okay. I saw, I'm fat. Okay. I get the point. No, no, I, no. I, it's fine. <laughs> I don't realize, I didn't realize this was going to be an intervention. Okay. I know I'm getting close to 300 pounds, but, you know, I, I, I wear it well. But I, I I wonder for how many years will people, uh, you know, edit things, I mean, publish things and try to talk people into 
such resolutions in January? I mean, is it, isn't this something that people get tired of, resolutions in a January? A resolution, I read somewhere, a resolution is just a to-do list for the first week of January. Yeah. Or New Year's resolutions. I read somewhere else that it, be, it would be great to create a gym for, you know, you pay for the membership for a week, and then the rest of the year, it, it, it's transformed into a bar. You know, so you go for the gym for one week and then the rest of the year you just drink yourself, you know, out basically. I don't, I don't see it. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Maybe. Right. And uh, the, 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 I'd like to ask you a question. It's, mm. it's my quiz, uh, news quiz of the week. Okay. There's a news quiz of the news week. News quiz of the week. Just one. Um, uh, who said, it's a who said question. Who said... Maybe you know, but my husband has grown tired of feeling he's sleeping with a chairman. I believe that was Willie Nelson. <laughs> my husband has grown tired of feeling he's sleeping with a chairman. Okay, I'll, I'll say the second sentence that was quoted. Our sex life has been destroyed. Um, <laughs> my husband has grown tired of feeling he's sleeping with a chairman. Uh, Angelina Jolie. Oh, I wish. <laughs> I seriously don't know who's this. Okay. Well, apparently in such one, there is a 57-year-old woman, and she's a female Mao Zedong impersonator. She really looks like him when she gets Like old. with the forehead and everything? Yes. And the mole? Yes, everything. And she has gone so popular over the last years that her fees are now in the five digits. Sure, that sounds like an Elvis impersonator in the States. Yeah. yeah. And she's called Chen Yan, but her husband is totally unimpressed and completely annoyed with the whole thing. He actually says that it's... Um, of course he is. Why wouldn't he be? She's she's getting the family rich. He's just emasculating him in this way. And then he's got to sleep with someone that he's seen looking like Mao Zedong. Someone who is A, a man who is not slim, and B... And be a respected icon in Chinese, modern Chinese culture, however you slice it. And so that's got to be a little bit weird and intimidating to the guy. Of course he doesn't like it. I mean, I wouldn't want my wife to be impersonating De Gaulle, for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> or Churchill or whoever, you know. That'd be very, very weird. I don't know who got, what kind of impersonator I could be with. I'm trying to think of my wife and who she could impersonate. Okay, now I'm just thinking of her in schoolgirl outfits and I dream of genie costumes, so that didn't go, that didn't work. All right, let's move on then. All right, I, I got, can, can okay. I ask you a question? Yes, please do. All right, I'm going to ask you this, this is a multiple choice question. All right. Which one of these things was invented in China? Oh my God. <laughs> a, playing cards. Okay. B, dominoes. Oh, wow. That's hard. C, the agricultural practice of planting things in rows. And D, piñatas. <laughs> Playing cards, dominoes, oh. the agricultural practice of planting things in rows, or piñatas. All right. I'm going to go by process of elimination, if you, if you allow me. I think planting things in rows doesn't sound Chinese. I've been here nine years. Nothing goes in order or in rows in China. I mean, if you look at the queuing situation or... Have you ever tried to swim in a public swimming pool? 
No, no, no. They I, swim I, like I they drive. Yeah. They swim like they drive. I'm sorry to say. I, I love swimming. I love Chinese people. I love swimming pool. But I don't like swimming with Chinese people in swimming pools. Um, so I will I will eliminate that. Okay, so you believe it wasn't planting things in rows. It okay. wasn't planting that things in rows. That leaves poker cards, play, pl- sorry, playing cards, dominoes, and the piñata. I uh, Piñata sounds Spanish to me. Piñata. 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 Donde esta... Donde esta piñata? Donde esta piñata? Está en la cocina. Muy piñata. Mm. El... El... Bambino. El bambino. <laughs> Muy right. piñata es el fuego. Okay, I think we've pissed off every Spanish-speaking All right, so that leaves... Well, we've been busy pissing off the Chinese, so yes. we're just whittling our way down. Uh, so that leaves poker cards and dominoes. Poker cards, uh, yeah. Uh, <coughs> poker cards are just playing cards. Playing cards. Playing cards. I think I've I've seen a lot of people play cards everywhere in China. They're really big on poker cards. So, and I I haven't seen any people playing dominoes, although that might be it. I don't know. I'll go with playing cards. Well, it, it, in fact, playing cards used to be known as a game called leaves, and they were found in the in the possessions of like royalty members. Mm. As were dominoes recorded mm. in the imperial court uh, long ago, um, 16th century, and <laughs> planting things in rows. Oh my god! It goes all the way back to like 600 BC, and it was like no, the 6th century BC, and it was like another 2,000 years before the Western world figured it out. But my favorite. Pinatas no were way. developed in China. This is like the movie My Big Fat Greek Wedding, where the <laughs> the girls, the the woman's dad keeps saying about everything they throw everything at him, even kimonos, and he says, "No, that was made here." But no, pinatas were were brought around the world. They were created here, maybe for a different reason. Kiwi fruit is from here. All right, kiwi fruit's a native uh, here. Toothpaste came from here. Toilet paper, although you can't find it in the bathroom now. Yeah, well, well. A public bathroom. <laughs> so you fail. I win. Uh, we, you fail me on your quiz. I fail you on mine. All right. Um, well, uh, let's move on to the promotional bit of our podcast. Uh, as you will discover, uh, I will always add a promotional bit in the middle of our podcast before we go to the interview part of our guests. So, well. There's not much happening on stage at the moment in January in Shanghai. Oh, I don't agree. But there's one thing that's happening on stage that I want to talk about uh, is this next Zmack Improv comedy show. And for that piece of promotion, I'm going to ask Kurt to elaborate a little bit on it uh, and sell the show, basically. Well, there's two shows coming up in January, actually. Um, there is Jimakong, the oh, Chinese, yes. uh, the Chinese improv group, uh, Chinese improv arm of Smack, funniest Chinese people you've ever seen. They've got their show coming this Saturday night, uh, on, uh, I don't know when this podcast will drop as they say, uh, their show is coming this Saturday night at the melting pot, uh, at 288 Tai Kong Lu, second floor, um, uh, Tenzifang, just across from, uh, Dapu Chow Metro Station, exit one, that's 50 RMB, including a drink, uh, it's four of our uh, professional-level Chinese uh, performers along with a featured player. But the one you're talking about yes. is Smack's, Smack Main Stage's next big show, which is at 390 on January 18th. It's our star-studded New Year's Spectacular, and it's movie-themed. We may be doing some impressions of, of uh, Hollywood celebrities dealing with Hollywood scandals. Obviously, I'll find an excuse to sing, that sort of thing. And it, it will be the debut 
of Smack's new keyboardist, James Cowan. So. Oh, can you uh, just tell us a little bit more about James and about the importance of music in uh, improv comedy shows? Yeah, uh, well, I I feel it's it adds something, obviously, to the depth of, of what we're doing. It adds to the scenes, adds atmosphere to the scenes. Of course, we like our singing games in Smack. We do a lot of those. Um, but beyond that, you know, he adds atmosphere to those things. We, we're going to be playing games like Sing About It, Bartender, uh, Blues... Uh, we did blues at the uh, at the New Year's Eve spectacular done by uh, Kick the Gong Around, and it had uh, we had a, a harmonica player um, and we had a jazz band backing us up. It was really amazing. Nice. So, thank you, Kurt. So um, that's the eleventh for Jim Kong and the eighteenth for uh, for Zmac Main Stage. And of course, all of this information about all this can be found at zmac.net, www.zmac.net. Or for up to up to the minute uh, news about Zmac, follow our WeChat. If you're not on WeChat, well, get a smartphone. It's, <laughs> our WeChat is Zmac Shanghai, all one word. Thank you. Z-M-A-C-K Shanghai. Okay, I'll stop. Yeah. Um, uh, another play is The Mousetrap by Agatha Christie at the Lyceum Theatre. It's a classic. If you haven't seen it, uh, I can't recommend it enough. Uh, I saw it last year. It's great. And there's a little tradition that goes, goes with it is that you're not supposed to tell anyone how the play ends because there's a nice twist at the end. Uh, in other news, another uh, stage news, there's a lot of music, though, happening this month in Shanghai. I'm thinking of the Teresa Lee duo with uh, pianist Oleg Russian that I love this guy. He's going to be playing at Jay-Z Latino at the Renaissance Shanghai Garden. It's free. It's on January the 7th. Actually, it's to end the 14th. Uh, there's a tribute to Bud Powell on January the 9th. There's an unknown There's unknown mortal orchestra at Yuyingtown on January the 14th. What, what? Unknown mortal orchestra? I was about to ask what's happening at Yuyingtown. Yeah. It's, uh, it's kind of a... They say it's a fusion of Sid Barrett from Pink Floyd, Jimi Hendrix, rapper Reza, and the Beatles all combined nice. together. And it's going to be uh, at Yuyingtown. It's 100 RMB, 60 if you're a student. It's on January the 14th at Yuyingtown. Uh, there is a We Are Shanghai CD release party, and I'm really looking forward to it because it's um, Shanghai has been criticized for having uh, too many bands, and they come and go, they're born and they die. Yeah. Uh, Compared to Beijing, for example, it's steadier. So they decided to organize a gathering of all the biggest bands in Shanghai and have this CD release party at Yuyingtown on January the 18th. There's nine bands, including the famous Round Eye and Go Chen. No, oh, Round Eye is going to be there. Yeah. 30 renminbi or 250 renminbi. What date is that? It's January the 18th. Cool, cool, cool. cool. Uh, well, January the 18th is when we got our Smack Main Stage show. So everyone, please check out Smack Main Stage because it's from 8 to 10, and then I will go to Yuyintang exactly, with you. Exactly, exactly. We'll Yuyintang. take you there. We'll improvise our way there. And finally, um, there's the Etienne Gypsy Quartet, if you like Gypsy Jazz, uh, also a Jay-Z Latino, on January 21st, and it's free. That's about it for uh, the promotional bit. And now I'd like to uh, talk more about our guest, Kurt Mabry. Um, Kurt uh, is a uh, creator of Zmac, and uh, if you go to his uh, his page on on, on Zmac.net, he says he's a uh, is self-described as an OG from uh, Moselle, Mississippi. OG represent and um, six oh one baby six oh one. So 
my first questions my first question really is uh why well you're obviously going to tell us a little bit about yourself through these questions but it's my hard to get me not to exactly i mean i'll have to stop you at some point or kill you um but why improv comedy in china is my first question how else are you going to live here you can't take it too seriously uh I, well I love improv. Improv is something that I have a passion for and it's something I've been doing for a while. And of course, when I had the opportunity uh, several years ago, almost five years ago now to work in an improv workshop here in Shanghai, of course I did it. Just uh, it wasn't necessarily intended to become a career, but one thing leads to another, you know, and I met a lot of amazing people that extremely talented people who taught me a lot and who continue to teach me stuff and I've seen how it's a great way to bring people together from different cultures and different generations and different language abilities. So it's uh, Shanghai, I think, is a great city for this because although a lot of improv teams succeed very well because they have similar cultural touchstones, like they're from the same part of the world or the same generation, we all in SMAC are Shanghai residents uh, from different cultures. The one thing we have in common is Shanghai. So when you cut away all of their individual cultural quirks that the others can't relate to, <clears throat> you've boiled it down to a nugget of of truth that everyone can relate to in Shanghai and the world. And it's just it's something that I think about almost all the time. Now, has it has it been for you developing it in in Shanghai? Okay, well, imagine that you take a big piece of tin foil. Mm-hmm. And it's the most delicious tinfoil you've ever had. But have you ever chewed on tinfoil? Imagine chewing on aluminum foil. Oh, that's terrible. All right, constantly chewing on aluminum foil, but it's the most delicious thing you've ever tasted. That's what developing smack <laughs> is like. It's it's really rewarding though, but it's 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 not always easy. Hmm. You know, it's but I mean, it's fun and I've created a family, you know. Yeah. Along with several wonderful people. And that's the best part. Uh, this has been one of the best years for, well, 2013 was one of the best years for me. You know, I had a wonderful Thanksgiving dinner with my family of Smack and a Christmas party and celebrated birthdays and weddings together and uh, the birth of Nova Geneva Meter, the youngest Smacker. She's probably now about less than 60 days old or something, <laughs> you know, and uh, it's it's just a wonderful, a wonderful thing to be a part of. What what really amazes me at the end of of many of your shows is that there's always a, a young Chinese girl or guy that would come up to one of the Smack members and 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 say it was the first time I saw this and I really enjoyed it. It's amazing. How can you do this? And just to just to hear about those people who, who come and just check check Smack out and and go away with that wonderful feeling of having discovered some something entirely new and. And, and magical in a way to, in, in their eyes is is for me I mean and the most amazing part of, of your of Zmac shows I, I love it I, I like teaching improv a lot I like sharing improv with other people because it's a wonderful thing when people realize that they can do it you know that improv is something anybody can do it doesn't mean that anybody's funny Hmm. Although we find we find the humor in truth, it helps to be funny. Hmm. But the things that we do, we all share a certain laugh, um, and that everyone understands that this is, these are risks they can take that are very real risks that sometimes can make you feel bad if you fail. But you got a whole team there to back you up, and you pick yourself up and dust yourself off. And 
it's great. It's especially watch, especially teaching Chinese people mm. because their their lives over the last I don't know several decades have been tough or frustrating or regimented or all of the above, and here they are able to play, mm. you know, and express themselves through play, and it's it's great. Good. Um, my second question is, is what's the color of your socks today? They are yellow. You like yellow? I do like yellow. I like bright colors. Mm-hmm. Uh, durian or no durian? No. God, no. Uh, it's no. No? No. 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 It's have awful. You, have you ever tried it? Yes, of course I've tried it. I've tried <laughs> chodofu too and I won't eat that stuff. No, no, no durian. Um, Thailand or Japan? Uh, I've never been to Japan. I'd like to go to Japan. Uh, actually, I never even imagined coming to China, but I used to be a massive uh, Japanophile just from watching anime. Oh, yeah. Uh, and wanted to come to Japan and quite like China more than I think I would enjoy Japan. I'd like to visit there. So it's hard for me to say, but I do love Thailand. I just got back from my seventh trip. I like to go to the islands there for snorkeling and swimming. Um, but uh, right now I would say Japan simply because I haven't been there. Okay. Yeah, you should definitely check it out, especially Kyoto. I love, I love, I've loved Kyoto. I like, like to go back sometimes. Beautiful place. Cool. cool, um, cool, cool. Uh, my next question is, uh, who are you when I'm not looking? <laughs> I'm George W. Bush. I knew it. Yeah, yeah. I knew it. Yeah. I mean, I had to go somewhere. You know, I had to go somewhere. And career was over where I was, and that feller was in the White House, and. Well, Uncle Dick just wasn't returning my calls, so here uh, I am. <laughs> which part of your brain do you use more? Um, the outer part. I don't know. Uh, we were talking about that, the left brain, right brain thing, uh, and the dominant, you're talking about left brain, right brain dominance and stuff like that. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't think about that very much. Well, there's, there's... I guess the creative side? I don't know. There is this game that we, um, I mean, it's like a warm-up thing that we do oh, sometimes yeah. uh, where you want to stimulate the, the two parts of your yeah, brain. Yeah, Jeannie Lambin from uh, PLI taught us that. Yes. Um, you know, hello, Jeannie, if you're listening. Uh, it's um, She's in Chicago freezing her tuchas off, poor yes, thing. Yes, she is. Well, but she'll be in Hong Kong soon. and um, uh, She's coming back to, uh, to Shanghai in March. Oh, yes. She's coming back to Shanghai in March to teach a, an extended long-form workshop and to perform with Mac again. Okay. Well, this game is very easy. You take your lo- right hand and you tap your left shoulder. Then you take your left hand and you tap your right shoulder. Then you take your right hand and you tap your left knee, bringing your knee up, and do the same with the other hand. And you do that in a, um, in a loop. And uh, it's not as easy as it sounds because you kind of, if you're not too focused, you kind of lose track of it. It's, it's very funny. But it makes the two parts of your brain. Thank you for introducing this visual aspect to this auditory podcast. (laughs) Yeah, I like to put something visual in my podcast. I think it's important. Lindsay Lohan is in Shanghai. Is she? Well, she was on the 6th. I was just looking at Shanghai, and it said that she had arrived in Shanghai on January 6th. And, uh, oh boy, what's next? Celine Dion. I uh, It just struck me as a little bit funny. Paris Hilton was here last year, apparently. So I guess the Kardashians will come next. I'm not sure. Well, as long as they don't cordon off the Gaojia again for VIP people, it's fine with me. When did they do that? They do that now and then. When well, I mean, that's usually for government officials, right? Yeah. Well, I remember 
Oh, I have to tell you this story. I remember uh, it was a few years ago, and I was at a friend's on on Huaihai Road, that part of Huaihai Road between Huash. Uh, 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 hold on, what is it? Uh, Changshu Road, yes, Changshu Road, and and Xiangyang or something like that. That long part where they built this amazing complex right now. Anyway, I was on the north side of it, and I it was eight p.m. and I was on my bicycle, and I came out of my friend's house, and there was absolutely no one on the street, on that street. Absolutely no one. It was eerie. It was, it was the apocalypse. It was like, what's happening to Shanghai? So I bike over to where the uh, old uh, fake Shanghai market used to be. Mm-hmm. There's a big mall. And I see people. Damn shame they closed that. Yeah. I see people everywhere, quiet. No one's talking. No one's moving. Everyone's waiting, but it's it's very eerie because it was super quiet. But the lights, the flashing lights of the the neon lights of the shops and so were still going on as if you know everything was normal. But it was not normal. There were police people everywhere, and what's going on? I I couldn't even cross the street, and then I see these four, uh, four by four, you know, stained windows, cars whooshed by, and it was Hillary Clinton. And she was in town. And I learned that later when I got home. But it was the eeriest moment in Shanghai. If you can imagine Hua Helu, quiet, with people standing and waiting. It's just it's just the most amazing sight ever in Shanghai. I don't know if you were here for the after the the terrible Sichuan earthquake. Yeah, yeah. I was in I was in Changchun at that point, but I remember I recall it. And I remember being in Shanghai on the top of the Element Fresh Terrace on Huahe Road and and What's that? Donghu Road. And I could see the whole of Shanghai going quiet and people honking their uh, their cars and stuff. It was just, uh, I mean, when you see such a big town going quiet, it's maybe, just amazing. Maybe that, uh, you know, what we were talking about earlier about Shanghai being a place where performers come to die. Yeah. Maybe this is signals the end of Lindsay Lohan's career for whatever, you, well, career. That's a very loose term. Right. Hey, hey, so, 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 have you heard of the Fu Nu? No. What's a, the Fu Nu? I mean, I, my Chinese is terrible. Fu Nu. Uh, <laughs> it's the like uh, girls who are into like man on man romance, boys love. Oh, yes. uh, The manga and stuff. Isn't that from Japan? Well, it, I don't know if it's from there, but it's most recently uh, notorious there. Apparently, when uh, uh, Thor two opened up. The posters and displays in China had Loki and Thor looking like they were getting kind of cozy. Yes, I remember that. I actually saw the post- poster on a Hangshan, I think it was Hangshan Road Cinema. Yeah. And I, yeah, it, you know, I, I didn't find it weird. I, I'm, I mean, I'm in China and I, everything's kind of weird. So it I is weird. It. They're brothers. That's not right. Well, I didn't know the movie. I don't know anything <laughs> about Thor. Thor and Loki are brothers, or at least half brothers. Come on. <laughs> but apparently the 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 nationality that uh Chinese now feel is most prone to boys love the boys love nation uh boys love nation is now the new nickname of England. Oh. Apparently apparently a larger and larger number of uh Chinese furen I, I know I'm saying that funyu I know I'm saying that wrong. They're like uh, getting all hot and flushed over man-on-man love with the whole Sherlock Downton Abbey type crew. All right. Yes, I... Yeah, well, there's always been a, a little case of uh, bromance, you know, in between those two characters, hasn't there, you know? I mean, if you read 
the original Sherlock Holmes stories, of course, Watson gets married, but there's always, uh, they're playing on that, aren't they? I, I guess. Uh, I don't know. I just found it interesting. All right. Um, can you tell us more about your your experience before you got to China um, a little bit and what brought you here, basically? I, uh, what, okay, those are two very different things. I mm-hmm. mean, my life, my life story is too much to go into, but I, uh, most notably in the U.S., I was a children's television host. I was called Mondo Bobby. I was the host of the Fox Kids Club for uh, Southeast uh, Southeast uh, USA, like the Mississippi, Alabama, New Orleans area, and uh, I was I worked with Fox for a few years and uh, did several other things for different reasons. And after uh, after a pretty hard part of my life, where my life I felt had was not in a really good place, and I felt that America's economy and situation was not in a very good place. Uh, a friend of mine was teaching uh, ESL in China, and he's like, come on over to China. And I'm like, I don't know anything about China. At that point, I still f- figured everybody wore Mao Zedong suits all day long, and there wasn't enough to eat, and it was super crowded, which some of those are not true. But so <laughs> I came over and tried teaching and uh, like every other white man does and found out I really liked China. I really liked uh, exploring and living in this alien culture. So I eventually uh, made my way to Shanghai and was looking for something more substantial than being an ESL teacher. And uh, luckily had the opportunity to develop Smack into something much more than a hobby. Mm-hmm. But I'm also uh, right now the principal of an international primary school, an international primary department within a Chinese school. So sticking to those ESL roots, baby. Yeah, got to get some money at some point. All right, uh, I think that's it for today. Um, thank you, Kurt, yeah, for thanks, being Julie. my first ever guest Aww. on Shanghai Comedy Corner. And uh, I I hope that you can come back at some points, maybe um, and for in future podcasts. And uh, that would be how I'd have to come back. Would be yeah. in a future podcast. Yes, couldn't do it in a, pre- in a previous podcast. It'd be nice if you could do it in a previous podcast, but uh, we'll figure it out later. Um, uh, any questions, suggestions, love letters, wedding proposals, or outstanding bills and general silliness, you can send to shanghaicomedycorner at gmail.com. You can comment on our Twitter, shcomedycorner. Uh, I'd like to address a big thank you to Ryan uh, at the 72 Collective Recording Studio. You can check these guys out on the website, www.the72collective.com. And don't forget, also, we have a website, www.shanghaicomedycorner.com from where you can download all our podcasts, uh, future podcasts, obviously, and uh, any other silly things happening. And all the references, all everything we talked about will be there too if you want to check it out. Thank you, and see you next week. Baby, hold me tight, then do what I tell you.